Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Paul Pierce is the mother truth. Knocks it down! Celtics win! 50 points for Jason Tatum! Brad, any final words of advice for the new coach? Win! Anything's possible! Anything's possible! Hello, friends, and welcome back for another episode of Celtics Strong! 2022-2023 season is here, and the Celtics have started off 3-0. Steve Woo! and I are here. We are enthusiastically here today. We're coming in hot, and we are ready to bring you all the excitement and hot takes to start the new season. This is not going to be a long expert-filled analysis of the team or upcoming season. This is going to be short and hot. Hot takes only, fun times only, good vibes only. Steve and I are here to kick off the season in style. So who is excited out there? We hope everyone. Steve, are you ready? Woo! Are you even ready? I, I am you know what? I'm ready and I'm not ready. I am so psyched that it's back. And I can't believe this amazing start that we had in this weekend. We're taping this on Monday. We just had the three amazing games over the weekend to start the season. And it just, we like to bring the positivity here. We're not yeah. experts. We like to kind of come at it from a fan perspective. And I have to say, this is like peak optimism we've ever had on this podcast it's just you know in a lot of sports you hear this whole thing like there's a championship hangover or yeah even just the like appearance hangover right yeah and it just seems like that also with some of the off-season distractions going into this year i was a little concerned hopefully they'll gel and just out the gate hungry playing together Almost on another level, uh, uh, Jalen and and 
Jason have been playing, and it's just so inspiring and so amazing. Honestly, it's hard. We can't get too far ahead of ourselves. I did just hear that they're just going to give Jason Tatum the MVP. Um, yeah. They decided yep. after three games that it's over. Yep. He's just going to get it. It's done. So. Yeah. Finals MVP. Um, no, I just regular season couldn't MVP. Be, <laughs> couldn't be happier uh, against these two teams and just really these three different kind of wins, like the dominant and then also like being challenged a bit and having to make against Orlando and really having to make an adjustment on the court. Yeah. And uh the new just praise all around the new coach the new the play the new additions i'm just so excited man yeah and also dying to do this podcast with you and really get your takes on on what you saw over these first three games and what you're sort of excited about yes it's a seesaw as always with an exciting team right there's a lot of emotions, and as soon as expectations get high, there's a lot of, lot of possibility for disappointment, right? So we had such a seesaw playoff run. And then in a way, a seesaw offseason, right, where started out looking great. We talked about the offseason acquisitions and how excited we were. And then, of course, we get the KD trade drama followed by the Ime Udoka coaching shakeup drama. And it was quite a seesaw. And one of the things that we have talked about several times before is how the Celtics, and especially it seems like this group, thrives amidst adversity. And though they remained title favorites, I think in a way, all of the swirling drama fed into motivating this team in a way to come out even hotter. And especially when we're talking about the core of the Jays, of Marcus, of Big Al, of now Derek White, who just seems like such a core player now and working in the new guys like Brogdon. But I wonder, Steve, if... All of the especially Udoka coaching shakeup actually motivated these guys and sort of snapped them back into that fighting against adversity mode because, like you said, it's really easy for teams to get a little complacent coming off success or to be a little overconfident. Well, this group doesn't look like it has any of that, and due to what they've faced, the coaching, the other potential trade drama, including Kevin Durant and others potentially too that we don't even know about. All of that seems to be firmly in the rear view and it is all optimism right now. So before we go any further, Steve, I think, you know, it's worth certainly, certainly acknowledging that it must have been pretty intense. And when confronted about the coaching change on media day, in the true spirit of Celtic strong, I felt like the core of this team and the guys who we really need to step up and lead really were candid and honest. And we've now seen on the court a lot of strength and leadership. 
And so kudos to that core and to, you know, guys we've sort of asked to step up in the past, the two J's, or guys we've asked to continue leading while also supporting the two J's like Marcus and Big Al. And of course, you know, I think we both want to also, before we dive too deeply into some hot takes and stuff going on with this team and around the league, just give a huge shout out to new interim coach. Hopefully that'll get removed. Joe Missoula. What a situation to have to step into. And really, he's he's looking like the real deal through three games. Of course, very early, but uh, love the look of that. And Steve, I know you've really uh, been keen on on him and just watching these these first few games unfold with him at the helm. Yeah, well, just it's so cool how animated he is with them and how unafraid he was to just step right in and and just talk to them on the sidelines. That was like a lot of the coverage I saw was him really like just asserting himself and getting getting in their heads and and getting them on the right right track and just being that coach um, that would be really effective. I do think you brought up a great point and. You can go all the way back until, you know, losing to Steph Curry and the Warriors in the finals. You just add up all the offseason, I don't want to say drama, but yeah, like including the, just the dramatic element of losing the finals, you know. And there was almost so much that I, I forgot about the Kevin Durant stuff, to be honest, <laughs> because the Eme stuff kind of overshadowed everything. And perhaps it was this lightning bolt. It was so intense that it kind of brought everyone together. And I uh, I do think that, that these were all chemistry and season kind of derailing events that this core group used to rally and just rise above that we've seen in this early start of the season. And I also want to, I think it's important to shout out, you know, big RIP to Bill Russell and how the season kind of opened with Jalen giving that speech about him and sort of starting starting the first game just sort of in his memory and then in this initial run of the season and sort of this idea that he was like the greatest player, player coach of all time. And then you got this young core with this young coach who's this interim coach who had to step in. And in a lot of ways, especially in this third game, you saw Jalen really – I'm sorry, Jason Tatum really like stepping up. I believe he praised the quote I read was that he was really glad. I can't remember if it was against the Heat. I, th- I think it was against Orlando that um, the coach didn't call a timeout and allowed them to kind of figure out what they had to do and make an adjustment on their own. And yeah, just super psyched and really in- inspiring how they came together and didn't let the circumstances define them. They were like, we're going we're gonna to come out and play the way we want to play. Yeah, it becomes this double-edged sword almost when a uh, team has achieved so much and you know you had a great story with Ime being so successful in his first year, right? Like you, <laughs> you almost, I think people got, well, it took a while to come around, people got so bullish on Ime that 
they overvalued maybe um, what he had brought or just questioned whether or not they could keep it together in the face of this since he had seemingly brought the toughness to this core. So I think you have a lot going on, and the end result is that, you know, potentially in the days and weeks leading up to the season, people were undervaluing the talent on this Celtics team. Now, very, very small sample size. We won't get ahead of ourselves, but um, this team looks like it could be offensively as talented as it's been defensively talented through this uh, recent success over the last season, but really just the second half of last season, which was so dominating and carried over and into the playoffs. So, Steve, I think we've, you know, we've gotten a lot of the, the lead-up and preamble out, and that leads me to my first hot take of okay. the episode, which is when Rob Williams comes back, this team will be top three in defense and top five in offense this year. Ooh, yes. And I don't even we'll know if that's it. hot enough because they were top five in both, you know, back in the last big three era. I mean, they, this is a team that we know can be top three in defense, but I'm going to go as far as to say top three in defense and top five in offense this year, assuming Rob comes back healthy. Oof. I hope everyone stays healthy, but yeah, we having him back healthy. I thought it was interesting that uh, I think it was Al sat the third game against Orlando. Yeah, took a t- took a break there. I think that's so smart, and I think that's another sign of just being like, "Yep, yeah, we're we're in it for the long haul." We had our eyes on a championship. He wants to be able to run in the playoffs and <laughs> bang just like he did last year. Um, so hot take for me, my first hot take is going to be Al Horford is going to be taking a breather maybe maybe once a week. Every third, fourth game, he's going to get the Kawhi Leonard treatment this year. And when he's in there, he's just going to dominate. He's just going to ball. He's going to look like he's 10 years younger because of the rest they're going to give him. Well, let's hope. They're able to get him that rest. Big shout outs to Noah Vonley stepping up in the absence of uh, Rob and Al. And what a pickup that was going into uh, the season, you know, uh, mass native and former lottery pick looking like he might be a, a rotation guy. So, you know, Steve, I think we've got to, we got to bring the fire and a lot of, a lot of our takes, if not most, will be around the Celtics. However, okay. <laughs> at three games in and you know, following on some themes we've talked about in the past, I have a hot take, which for Celtics fans might not be a hot take, but is to put the rest of the NBA and especially the NBA media on blast. And that is NBA media needs to take the motherfucking Lakers and Nets off their coverage schedule and stop giving these shitty teams airtime. Both teams suck. 
I think they're <laughs> what, like combined one and five or one and six. The Lakers are god awful. The Lakers might not even make the play-in, but moreover, Dump, dumpster fire, dumpster fire, dumpster fire. Lakers. Yeah. Moreover, to put it <laughs> as bluntly as possible, I believe that neither the Lakers nor the Nets will make the playoffs. And I believe the oh. Lakers will not even make the play-in. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I Listen, that's a great hot take. And as a Celtics fan, you love to see it. <laughs> There's, and, you know, what's wild is that, like, Le- LeBron's still good, right? Like, he's still super efficient, and he gets 30 a game, and it's, but they just don't – they did not put together a good team. So and bad. it's sad. It's really bad, to, and it's brutal to watch. But I'll jump in with a hot take. Just get it back to the Celtics real quick. Yeah. Okay, I got a hot take. Joe Mazzula is going to be a better coach for this Celtics team than Ime. Wow. I like it. Yeah. I like it. There's just something about it. like, And it has his ties to... Really, the organization and Brad Stevens, and then his own time. You know, I think he just had two years as a head coach in college, but it's just, I feel like he had just enough experience to pull it together. And he had the trial run in college to sort of solidify his identity as a coach. And I think there's something about matching this younger coach with these younger players who are just ready. Yeah. They're ready to like meet each other halfway listen to each other, and I don't see, you know what, I just see someone who's out there to work hard. I don't see the ego of the head coach anywhere on the court or, like, around. And that, for what it's worth, and it certainly was effective, they went to the finals last year. Um, he had a lot to say all the time, yeah. you know? And I just think... I don't know if the, this team think about like their temperament, their style, these stars. They're not the most like outspoken dudes. Yeah, and I don't know. It just seems like it's the right fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and who knows what you know? Different groups, players need to motivate them. You may seem like you know the catalyst to get them over this sort of hump or malaise they had gotten into with this core. And now maybe Joe's lack of, you know, NBA player pedigree, although he was uh, reportedly, I never got to actually see any of the footage, but reportedly a great, great defensive minded guard in college and um, played successfully at a high level, but potentially, not playing in the NBA, just um, going straight into coaching. I read his dad's a coach. Um, maybe something about that. And then also, as you kind of alluded to, he preceded Ime. Um, yeah, he's a Stevens. He's a he's Brad, a Brad Stevens, Stevens guy, guy right? I believe. Um, forget the role, but sort of brought Brad, I believe, brought him into the organization. So he's been in the organization really uh, you know, longer than Ime for a while. And so he was with the organization. Of course, Will Hardy, who was Ime's 
sort of top assistant last year gets hired by Danny Ainge over to the Jazz, and that also opens the door for Joe to be in this place. So a lot of things had to happen, and it does feel a little like, you know, destiny maybe, overstating, but a little like well, yeah, absolutely. the perfect storm I mean, to get him in this role. Yeah, I mean, if you, you look at as soon as like, you know, four months ago, so how unlikely it was it that this guy was going to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics? Or who even knew his name, right? Like, Yeah. And it, it's, it's all about that, like, when your name is called, you got to be ready. And, like, whatever you do, in whatever situation, you know, this, this idea of you only get one shot. Yeah. Right? And I feel like that he's bringing that energy to this. And his, like, energy is, like, if, if, and again, small sample size, but just affecting this core, this group. Um, I loved what I heard from uh, when uh, Blake Griffin signed and he came over. He had a lot of interesting quotes just about the locker room, the environment, the team. Uh, you know, for him, comparatively to all the places he's played. Absolutely. And uh, a lot of good stuff. I mean, a lot of, a lot of good stuff to hear and... Um, you know, we, there was some, right. We lost, um, the, one of the free agent additions that he, they brought him in to replace Gallinari. Gallinari. Thank you. And, uh, so already some shuffling, but again, that's kind of another serendipitous thing. Would we have even brought in like that veteran presence Would Blake Griffin be like on this team? you know, helping in a way that perhaps is kind of needed for this group to just, like, have another veteran presence there. Yeah, or moreover, I think, you know, his minutes went to Noah Vonley in these first three games, um, yeah. who is a much uh, better fit to sort of um, replace defensively um, what, Al and Rob do, which is like switching and being really flexible from that five position. Gallo's not a defender, as we talked about in the no, pod about shooter, those acquisitions, right? right? So in right. a way, it's almost, yeah, it's worked out well because they uh, they added Blake and were able to roster Vonley both, and it's almost like a two-for-one. But moreover, I think what's been really cool to see so far is everything that's happened has allowed different people to step up in different ways, be it hmm. literally, you know, Joe Missoula stepping up and being like, yep, absolutely. I'll lead this group. Like, yep. And the guys trusting him and buying in and the two J's showing up opening fucking night and putting up 35 each. Right. Or just simply Marcus smart. And here's my next hot take being the best defender in the league still. And here's my next hot take. Marcus will be actually significantly better of a defender this year, but probably won't win defensive player of the year ever again. Wow. So there's a hot take. That is a hot take. I had a Marcus Harp take that he was just going to be more efficient across the board this year on both sides of the ball. Well, that is a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's hope his shooting percentages increase. 
but yeah, there's some amazing, you know, we track everything statistically now in these professional sports. So you can, you can see just the, you know, per possession and every single matchup, you know, how Marcus does. And, uh, some of the actual experts and bloggers and sports figures, you know, are really good at tracking and tweeting this stuff. And Marcus is pretty much impossible to score on. It just doesn't really matter how big you are. I was reading some stats about him from the Orlando game where he was matched up on Franz Wagner. <laughs> Franz Wagner's yeah. like 6'10". Like, Franz Wagner's huge point forward, you know, and Marcus just absolutely shut him down. Like, it doesn't really matter. You've seen him... And this leads me into another hot take. You've seen him block and bully centers. And my last hot take about Marcus is that as we saw in game one, when Joel Embiid tried to break his arm, Marcus mm. is also going to pull a Draymond Green in a really important moment this year in the playoffs probably and get one of the other team's star players ejected because that Embiid incident was just like, oh, man, like Marcus is he's so good and he's being utilized so well now. I think he's going to just maximize his everything, including getting under people's skin. And I could see him maybe getting ejected too, but it actually benefiting us. Hopefully not. But I think Marcus is going to hit that next level where he's going to like actually get other team star players ejected because they get double texts and nice. stuff. Yeah. I think he's going to yeah, take what, a, a leap in his instigator. <laughs> you know, He said, what did he say? It's a sign of my maturity that I didn't punch him in the head or something like that. <laughs> yeah, and it's true. And... One of the best parts, which, you know, others have pointed out as well, is what was the first thing that happened right after that? Jalen Brown yeah. just came yeah, flying in. And, you know, that really speaks to improved toughness. Um, you know, a lot of people, myself included, didn't know a lot about Joe's background, Joe Missoula. Uh, obviously, you see him. He's younger than Al Horford. He... I believe he's 6'2". He was like a real tough, like defensive-minded point guard kind of um, player. He is half Sicilian. His dad is Sicilian. Ooh. That's the Missoula and was former coach. My stepmom's Sicilian. There's a lot said about like how fiery Sicilians are. Um, yeah. And also being in the south of Italy, how just like rich the you know food and culture and but sicilians are known as just being really intense and really fiery and so you can kind of see in joe this like you know his dad was a coach he grew up playing um but also just like coming from a really interesting background and really like an a an american success story the godfather Right? I know. We got to get some, <laughs> some, cool, some cool nicknames. Uh, the Godfather is great. Um, but yeah. Um, so, Steve, do you have, a, <laughs> do you have any, Don uh, Joe. <laughs> any more hot takes to, to throw down yeah, there? I was thinking of the player, player hot takes, and you sort of mentioned it before when you said Derek White 
kind of like really contributing early this year. And, uh, and uh, my hot take is like, you know, Derek White becomes like this premier five, six man piece who's just sort of in there and contributing. And, and uh, of course, my hot takes might be a little more hopeful than they are hot. Um, cause I definitely want Derek White to be more consistent because when he's on, he's just so, so good. But I feel like for him, comfort and like rhythm is like so important. And for him to have, you know, last, the half of last year, back half of last year, playoff run coming in now, new coach, new energy. I just feel like he's stepping into something here. That's going to be a really important role on this team. Absolutely. Yeah. And what's great to see is, you know, the, I believe it's the Orlando game, right? They kind of had Al out. They're already a little thin, you know, in some places. And D white has been, you know, in the starting lineup for a lot of preseason and early games. So that really helps. But Jalen was off shooting during that Orlando game for a big chunk of the game. And Derek White just immediately stepped up. And he had a couple dunks. He had that one two-handed flush where there were a couple of magic guys around that was pretty nasty. But moreover, as you were saying, his comfort and aggressiveness so far have looked amazing. And once again, small sample size have given us hope that he is 100% that player that we felt like we could have, that we saw flashes of last year. Mm -hmm. But I think we said on another episode, really was thrown into the fire and needed a full offseason to get fully incorporated into the team and vice versa. Yeah, and I think so much was asked of him last year. I don't know if he was supposed to have that much responsibility that he had. And I just feel like there's more pieces now that complement him this year that take a bit of the spotlight and the pressure off to just let him be him without it being like, you're our big acquisition, you have to produce. Totally. Yeah, and he's also, while I think he has a lot of potential to star in the right role, and he's certainly not a role player, per se. Uh, he's not a star in the way that the two Jays are, right? He's a third or fourth best player, hopefully, on a championship team in his you know best role. And so I think it's hard when, and we've talked about this with Marcus a lot, when a player is sort of forced above their role a little. And hopefully... And I think ideally with Malcolm Brogdon in the mix and staying healthy, we can finally have both Marcus, D. White, and now Brogdon all in ideal roles. And you could maybe even see for all three of them the first time they've been successful at a team level because Brogdon has had individual success 
and even some team success with the Bucks early, but he wasn't on any of the finals or finals winning teams, right? And so Brogdon is now ready to play sixth man, whatever it takes to win. And I think Marcus and Derek White, with his support, will be in the right roles. And yeah. my hope, and we could just turn this into a hot take on the fly. Okay. Here's a hot take. This season, we will see those three guards who could all be called point guards. All be called combo guards, too. But all could be classified as point guards. We'll see all three of those guards thrive, play together, and be viable even in that super small lineup to play all three of them. Remember we talked about how crazy that could be? Well, they haven't yeah. done a lot of that, but they have gone really small in the absence of Rob and now Al and have been starting D-White. I'm going to say they will be able to play all three of those guys together even in high, high minutes, and all three of them are going to thrive because of yeah. that and not actually lose you know, touches and value because of it. Yeah, especially if another team goes small, right? Then they can just kind of counter with that. Or, or if the team stays big, like the Sixers, you know, have to, in a way, with Embiid, they just ran. And that's one of the things that Missoula has really pushed and been credited with so far is just telling them to get out and run. And, you know, last year they were able to succeed with the double big lineup because they unlocked this thing where Rob played off the ball as a free safety kind of, we, you know, we and many other people talked about this last year or last season. But what they have now in the absence of Rob's presence and just anyway is the most and best wings in the league and if you count marcus even who is really a wing uh from a guard position marcus i believe is like six four plus six four and a half six four and three quarters something like that almost six five d white six five brogdon's about six five those guys from marcus up through tatum who is gotta be six ten now i don't know when he's listed at it's gotta be six ten and Maybe he's still listed at 6'9", but all those wings at 6'4", 6'5", through 6'9", 6'10", are just dominant. No one else can match that. No one else can guard all them. So I think you'll see a lot more of that than the two-big lineup, even when Rob comes back. Like you said, we got to rest Big Al. we got to get him some kawaii-sized load, ma load management up in this piece. So... I think that's going to yeah. lead to three guard, all wing lineups, crazy lineups. I think, like I just said, I think you'll see Smart, White, and Brogdon all together, even with like the two J's or one of the J's in Grant. I think it's going to be super small at times and they're just going to run. And hopefully that works because probably their biggest deficiency thus far is rebounding. Uh, so, that is what you give up, right? When you go small right. and you run. Um, 
Just a quick question, because this is supposed to be hot takes, not like a deep dive, but I was curious about Brogdon in this role on the Celtics. I know he struggled with some injuries before, but was he running out there every game? Did they had they had him starting in Indiana, pretty much as like their premier guy? Yeah, so um, one of their main dudes. So could this role actually keep him maybe a little healthier this year? Hopefully. Yeah, I think that is definitely the idea and hope. Yeah, and when he started, he did win Rookie of the Year, and. So he played a lot from the start, and he was always, well, I shouldn't say always because injuries have been present throughout his career thus far, but I believe for the first, you know, few years, it like he was the starting point guard when healthy, but because yeah. of injuries was forced to then come back in a bench role and um, not always wasn't always able to uh, be available, you know, best ability, availability, and injuries have been the one issue with Brogdon. In fact, I think most people, most experts even, would agree that's literally the one concern and downside. There's nothing about his game that's been seen that is a downside or doesn't fit with this team. In fact, quite the opposite. And I heard yeah. another expert recently say he's literally the one player who possesses every skill the Celtics needed when they had struggles, especially offensively last year, and is a great, great defensive player and big, big guard. So, yeah, he really... If he can stay healthy, I think is a home run, and hopefully that re slightly reduced or more six man role will preserve, uh, you know, him to be healthy in the playoffs. I mean, it's every year and it's every team, but health probably, if not definitely, is going to be the number one factor for this team. If this team gets healthy and stays healthy. Sky's the limit. And I think yeah. we all know that because we saw the historical pace they finished last season and played through the playoffs on. And that wasn't with Rob for the whole time, wasn't with Brogdon, wasn't with Derek White, familiar with the team and offense, wasn't now 20, almost five, 24-year-old Tatum and newly 26-year-old um, Brown. So isn't it so crazy seeing the pictures of Tatum like now compared to, you know, just a few years ago? He's like, it's awesome. And the play as well. It's just equaled it, but my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um so you you have any um, hot takes about Tatum's season? I mean, saying he's gonna be MVP, I don't even think is a hot take. I'll just say yeah. like you gotta get hotter than that because <laughs> The expectations are close to that and then the way he started the season. So that's not even a hot take, but do you have anything yeah, hotter about Tatum this year and what you think uh, his season or yeah. development will look like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's hotter other than what, the, what seems to me is this next level focus and determination that 
Tatum has always been a star, and I think there was always also a step between him and the like mega superstars in the league, right? The Hardens, the people who were just like fire a three, automatic every time. And from 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 what I could tell, it was always sort of it was like what version of Tatum was going to show up tonight. And I I don't know. I th- I guess my only hot take would just be like we're going to see a gear of Tatum that we've never seen before mm. this year. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, and it could be said that last year was, um, you know, a bit befallen by fatigue and injury. We do know that he was actually injured late in the playoffs, if not a lot of the playoffs. We do know how many minutes he played um, between FIBA and all those playoff minutes. He was the number one minutes guy, regular season playoff in the NBA last year. So I think it... It can be said that um, among among the many things that contributed to him falling a little short, and his finals performance certainly was falling a little short, I think everyone knows that, um, fatigue and injury were a part of that, as they are for any player. So let's hope with that, you know, hope for good health, that he stays healthy to the end yeah, of the just, finals. It just seems like he has the eye of the tiger. Yeah. Like that, It there seems to be a shift. Just yeah. that whatever happened that was so, would have probably for any other team, that like would have just the drama of the offseason, the whole season would have been gone before they even showed up. Yeah. It seems to really galvanize this group and him. And he's a he's got a family. Obviously, it's a really big part of his life. His son's always at the games. Like I think there's just some element to this. It's like he's rising above like all of the the noise, and it's uh, it's exciting. It's exciting to watch. Yeah, and it was just so great. It was great to see them small with with Derek White out there too. It's just like it's a fun group to watch. Truly, truly. So. I think we have very, very high hopes and high dreams for this team. It's it's not unrealistic, as they did get to game six of the finals, to imagine a return and hopefully even a more successful outcome in the finals. So hot takes, you know, on the team, it's pretty tough because a lot of uh, – a lot of things you could say aren't even that hot, but um, I think we could close with maybe one more. So I'm going to go all in, Steve. Are you ready? Yeah, this is yours. You got the last one. Last shot. The 2022-2023 Celtics will finish with the best net rating of any team ever. Whoa. (laughs) Awesome. Let's go. Why not? Oh, so we'll we'll finish on a an extremely hot scorching take. Best net rating ever. I don't even Steve, I'll be honest. I don't even know 
what team has the best net rating ever or sort of what their numbers would look like to be there. I just know that they were so historical in that second half, you know, final three and a half months of last season that that was a historic pace. And I believe they can put together pretty much a whole season, if not enough of a season on a pace like that. Um, so I'm, we're going to check back, you know? Well, yeah, we're going to, we're going to check back again. (laughs) Maybe we'll wait a little longer than three games next time. Uh, Uh, but I am excited to dive into in the next time, what the possibilities are as far as the roster goes, what, what, you know, what trades could they make? What, what areas could they look to improve? I'm just curious about some of the GM sort of maneuvers that they could even do, like what's on the table this year versus as opposed to last year. Absolutely. So we'll be back. We'll give uh, give a little time for some more games to happen, and we'll invite some more guests, and we'll have a, a bigger expanded look at this team and uh, and what – what roadblocks, what obstacles, and uh, what else we can bring to this. But today we've had a lot of fun, hot takes only, rose-colored glasses on. I guess <laughs> Always. Kelly Green-colored glasses on. <laughs> Shamrock glasses. That's right. <laughs> Just big shout-out to CelticStrong.com, yes. number one fan forum for all things Boston Celtics and Celtics Strong. And we just are really excited to come back and celebrate this season with you. Yes, indeed. So thanks for listening. We'll be back next time.